It's funny, but I am so thankful that I've gone through this because sure. now I can sit across a, a table from some 18-year-old kid who's going through this and be like, dude, I know that right. pain. And I can sit there and give a perspective. It's like, dude, this is a dark tunnel, but this is just a tunnel. Between the Grooves is hosted by James Curtis, music director and morning man in the greater Toronto area on Joy Radio. And Aisha Woods, Grammy-nominated singer, songwriter, and musician. Together, they talk with artists and industry insiders to discover our connection between music and faith. You can connect with us on Facebook or Twitter, at Between Grooves. Now, here's James and Aisha. Hello, James. Hey, you're back. We're back. Yay. I am back. Yes, indeed. Did you have a great weekend? It was a good weekend. Um, let me think. Uh, had to uh, do some chores in the morning. Had to clean the bathroom. And oh, yeah. we, as you know, renovated our bathrooms or a couple of bathrooms right. uh, last year. And so the one bathroom that I was responsible for, this was a list that my wife gave me. It was the honey-do list. Oh, a honey-do so, list. So I was responsible for cleaning the shower and the shower in this bathroom, the ceiling's being raised. It used to be the uh, bulkhead above. And so they ripped okay. that out because there was nothing in it anyways. And so they raised the ceiling. So it's too high for me to reach now. So I had to get a ladder. Mm. And so I was cleaning this thing and the walls and, and whatnot. And I think yeah. I, I think I twisted a muscle in my back because oh, no. I was in pain on Sunday. Uh, and I think it was because of that. Uh, just just my lower back uh, and it's it's getting better. But, uh, you yeah. know, I, and I wasn't sure maybe I slept on it wrong or whatever, but I'm kind of thinking that's what happened. But I was mm. I was adamant that, you know, OK, we got chores to do. I'm going to make yeah. sure I'm finished everything by 12 noon because I want to kick back and relax and do nothing for the rest of yeah. the day. I was finished at 12.05. 12.05, I was Good done. for you. Yep. It was, a, it was a good weekend. What about you? Well, good. Um, I just got back from a a songwriter, a worship leader songwriter retreat. Oh, nice. And it was, yeah, it was pretty sweet. Um just forged some really, really great relationships and... Um, and then had church on Sunday and, um, I don't know, you, do you ever have like times when you're in service and you think that it's going to go one way and it ends up going a different direction? Yeah. Usually I'm very well, optimistic. That kind of a Sunday. Were you, were you yeah. optimistic and then kind of let down afterwards? Yes. Yes. <laughs> First service at least. Um, thank God for, um, for him being a redeemer, yeah. <laughs> you know, second service was uh, a whole lot better. I felt um, than first service, but there was just a push. You know, we had to push through some things, and um, but it ended up being great. And, and don't forget what you see. Sunday. Don't forget what you see is not necessarily what everybody else sees either. Like somebody might have walked away right. from the first service thinking, "Wow, that was amazing. That was phenomenal." Right. And you're just looking right. at it saying, "Well, that's not quite what we had planned." <laughs> and I don't right. think it went well because I'm looking at it from my <laughs> eyes, not God's eyes, right? Yes. So right, yeah. right. You know, uh, our our episode this week, we've got a couple of guys from Rocky Mountain Christian Church, uh, known as uh, Rocky Worship. Uh, Luke and Nick, and they are very, very involved in their church as well in ministry, and they are yeah. worship leaders. And so, uh, you know, interesting that you say how things didn't go according to plan. Um, one of the things <laughs> we'll find out from these guys is how things don't necessarily go according to plan in your own life and how things can right, happen right. that just, like, throw you for a loop. And sure. that's what we're going to get into with uh, Luke and Nick from Rocky Mountain Worship. Somebody else sang that a lot better. <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> oh, that sound of music. Right. I'm like, what is that? What is that? Yeah. You know what? That's a that's a great movie, and I I, I like to watch that every it's Christmas. One of my favorites. But my kids won't let me watch it anymore. Really? Hey, why is it a Christmas movie? Because I've I thought the same thing this year. Why is it a Christmas movie? Yeah. I think that's a good question. I think because it's long. Because <laughs> yeah. when when else do you have time uh, to watch something that long? That's, That's true. A good point. I guess, you know. I mean, you could see it anytime, I suppose, but it's just that happy 
you know, good feeling type movie that you would watch. Totally. You know, that's a great it's a movie. Staple. Staple. Yeah, it is. Anyways, right. um, you know, one of the things that I've seen happen and I've seen news reports happen over the last little while, I guess since the pandemic began, overall, it seems church attendance is down. And I would say dramatically in some instances. Yeah. Um, I've seen many church leaders leaving ministry. I would suggest that some of the times that's because the church couldn't afford them anymore, they couldn't afford to pay them, mm. and so they were let go. Um, I suspect some of them couldn't handle the change, couldn't handle the shift. And that's not yeah. really uh, admirable, I would say, because everybody else has had to adapt. I don't want to sound sarcastic and demeaning sure. or anything like that, but I think you know everybody in their jobs have had to adapt and change. And I think a lot of times pastors, church leaders get so <clears throat> caught up in this is the way they do their job you know, mm-hmm. during the week, you know, oh, okay, they got Mondays off. That's a rest day for them because they had to work Sunday, even though, and again, I sound sarcastic here, even though <laughs> a lot of volunteers work a full day the previous day as well. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. And then during the week, they've got their process. This is what they do each day. And one of the days is preparing a sermon for the Sunday. And then, you know, of course, Sunday service happens and it's the same old, same old. And again, sounds sarcastic, but I, what I'm trying to bring across, <laughs> I suppose, is the fact that a lot of churches just have the same order of service that they do every week. You know, you start with, maybe you start with a prayer, but, you know, you have praise and worship, followed by announcements, followed by offering potentially, if you still do that, and then the sermon, and then closing song, bang, you're off to the races. That was your service. Great. Successful. Pat yourself on the back, and that's what they do, and that's all they know how to do, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think what's happened with the pandemic is they didn't know what to do. So I'm under stress. What am I going to do? And so um, I guess what we want to talk about, and and you guys have been through this, is talking about church leadership and and what has gone on with you guys. Because I know there's been depression, there's been anxiety for a lot of people in different capacities. How has that impacted you guys? Well. Uh, I would love for for Luke to share because he he's got a his unique story that I, I think even started before pandemic, but was just you know just kind of pushed over the edge. There was weird things that we experienced because on one hand, um, we as a staff we probably grew closer together during the pandemic mm-hmm. because we you know just like everyone we went online and uh, so we were we are two campuses at our, at our church so we were able to combine staffs for for the like the sunday staffs the stage staffs and it was a blast yeah it was awesome because mm. all of a sudden we have just exceptional uh you know volunteers that are just ready to go um because we were, we just went to one campus and we were recording the service and, and you putting it online in that regard it was really fun for about the first i don't know how long and then mm. there was this sense of maybe uh it was too easy in sure, some regard, yeah. I mean, we were only doing mm. one service, one service, yeah. And so, there, there, after a while, you walk away in a Sunday, and you're like, I didn't really feel like I worked very hard. Mm-hmm. So that was one dynamic. <laughs> um, and then going back to in person, yeah, it was it was a little strange. But then once we went back to in person, um, and then the attendance was way low, and then we didn't have the fun mega band we called it, you know, mm-hmm. each and every week. Then it was kind of a, a big gut check. And Luke, maybe that's when things, uh, I don't know exactly the timeline, but but you went through a really specific, difficult season. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, COVID was, yeah, like Nick said, it was like kind of fun at the beginning for us. Like, that sounds so weird, but um, we had, yeah, our, we're, I mean, we're all best friends here on staff. And so we just got to work even closer together. And uh, that was so cool. But yeah, like when we went back to in-person gatherings, it was uh, it was kind of crazy because, you know, before COVID, things were um, like we were experiencing growth and we were experiencing like like a new season of just excitement and momentum as a church. And then obviously yeah. um, just with every other church in the world, like it, that all came to a screeching halt and every like church people just started to rethink what they thought about church. And it's like, am I am I going to go back? Am I going to actually going to be a part of this or am I just 
maybe I'll just do this online thing and then eventually they're not, you know what I mean? So well, I, think, really I think part of it too is a learning curve because for sure, again, if you're used to doing something in person and then now all of a sudden you have to adapt to new technology and do stuff online, it's not just a snap your finger, you're ready to go. Like right. there's, there's a big learning curve, whether it be people on staff or even volunteers for that matter. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So we started um, going back to normal and th- I think that's, yeah, when things got a little bit weird. So yeah, I started experiencing um, just anxiety and depression in it. And it seemed like a, a small way. Um, mm. It didn't start off as this just like tidal wave that took me out. I've sure, kind sure. of explained Slow fade. It, Yeah, exactly. Kind of like getting off the interstate on an exit ramp. You know what I mean? That that sort of, it's like, I've, I've been on this highway for a long time, but and now I'm just kind of mm. drifting off onto this new road. I don't really know where I am. Kind of feel like the middle of nowhere and now I'm just off. You know what I mean? And so as a worship leader, that was really weird because I'm up there every Sunday just singing about the goodness of God and singing about how he's near and he's, He's close. We draw near to him. He draws near to us. He's near to the brokenhearted. He'll never leave or forsake you. And I was in a really tough spot because I was like, do I actually, do I believe this right now? You know what I mean? Mm. Because things just started to go darker and darker and and to the point where I was, um, I really needed help. I really needed help. And so I don't know if this was all brought on by the pandemic or whatever, but this is when it started. And, uh, yeah. And like I said, like as, as a worship leader, it kind of felt like I was like swinging a golf club with my offhand. You know what I mean? Like people in church, they Mm. saw me doing it and they're like, that looks, that looks like, that looks like golf. That looks like golf to me. No, (laughs) right, right, right. (laughs) No, it's like they, they see me up there. They're like, yeah, totally. But on the inside, it's like everything felt so wrong. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, I mean, I can keep going through the story, but that's, uh, that's kind of how it all started. So you were able to pinpoint that yourself or was it other people looking at you, mm. you know, family members or friends that kind of said, hey, you know, you don't seem to be yourself? Yeah, I think um, it was a mixture of, of both, but probably the people in my life that love me the most, they could start seeing things in me. It's like, that's not really, that's not really Luke. You know, mm-hmm. um, definitely mm-hmm. my wife, definitely my wife. Um, you know, the things that I started noticing in myself, it's like, I just started having more bad days than good days. Like wow. there, there would be, you know, weeks at a time where I'm like, I don't know if I could like identify a good day. And that's when I started to like really realize something was off. Like I was more impatient. I was more frustrated mm. easily. I was, I mean, physically I was just super tired and um, Mm. I just started to notice like the worst parts of me became the most of me and uh, and that's when I was like uh oh and then you know Nick him and I work together every day and Dane as well um, he could start seeing things and more and more Nick would be like hey man are you doing okay you know that started to become kind of part of our rhythm and then you know eventually it got to the point where it was just so um all consuming to me mm. and my my wife and I were like dude we we need to get I need to get into counseling like I need to get into therapy yeah. like I, I I'm done like I can't do this anymore like I'm a complete wow. shell of myself mm-hmm. and it's time that like obviously I've tried the things uh to try to get myself out I'm mean, maybe maybe I'll pray this pain away and it just mm. uh it just didn't go that way I know that God can do that I know that God has the power to to step in like that. But at this point, after all of that, man, I'm just thankful that I actually did go through it. And um, because I can just, I, I've see, I see God through the whole journey. You know what I mean? So Yeah. yeah. So was yeah. there, apart from uh, just the series of events, was there something in particular that brought you to the point of saying, okay, I need help? now mm. like i said it I, there was i don't feel like i had any like of these tidal wave moments in this journey um yeah. but there there were points where it's just like i'd be sitting at my desk on a monday you know after church mm-hmm. and i'm being like nobody like does anybody care about church anymore does anybody want to sing worship songs anymore like what's going mm. on and i would just be sitting at my desk and be like i i think i'm done with ministry like i'm yeah. done 
I'm done. Like my friends have quit and they're doing fine. Um, you know, that sort of thing. And I just <laughs> more, yeah, more and more. I was like, I think I'm done with ministry. And that was definitely like a wake up call for yeah. me because I feel like this is what I'm supposed to be doing. You know what I mean? I've, mm-hmm. I've committed my sure. life to this thing and um, to, to be having those thoughts. It just, it was kind of jarring to me to be like, yeah. whoa, like who, who's inside of this head right now? Mm-hmm. Did you get and to so, the point where you were actually kind of looking at, you know, what else could I do for a living? Yeah. And um, I think fortunately every single uh, one of my eggs is in this basket. You know what I mean? <laughs> Your skill set. Yeah. yeah. My, yeah. <laughs> and so, sure. you know, I'm not going to, I don't have much to offer society. <laughs> I don't know. I've seen a lot of people leave ministry and sell cars. So that seems sure. to be. A, that I've been selling the gospel. So, you know, <laughs> that's right. No, but there you go. I, but I did have those days where it's like, what? Okay. What can I do? Like, how do I get out of this? Um, yeah. Because I'm over it. And I feel like I'm not, I feel like I'm failing the church. Like, I just feel like I'm a fraud. Like somebody get a healthy person in here to do this. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just thankfully, like there's just so much grace from our leadership and um, patience and a camaraderie and um, our team just like wherever I was falling short, like they were there to pick up the slack. Um, and honestly, like with a smile on their face, not in a yeah. sort of like, get your stuff together, Luke. We got ministry to do. It was so much right, more gracious. Right. Like I was... I was a part of their ministry, if that makes sense. Mm. Oh, yeah. I don't know if I would have that kind of patience. Mm. Uh, For sure. Really? You know, yeah, because I, yeah. I, I, when I work, I try to work hard. I try to work smart, but I try to work hard and, and be efficient and everything else. And so sure. I, you know, I feel at times I'm stretched. I can't take on any more. So if somebody else is not pulling their weight... Uh, and they're slacking, and I and I, I mean no disrespect here whatsoever. No, I hear but, yeah. but if somebody's slacking, it's like okay, you know, pull up your pants, let's go, let's get to work. Yeah. You know, like just for sure, brush it off, just move on because because we've all got a job to do. And now I'm kind of kind of holding somebody's hand and helping them through something. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. What was it like for the rest of the staff? Yeah, that's a good question. And the reality is, there are some of those moments. Right. There are those moments when you're just not feeling particularly gracious, you know, that Luke is saying, you know, sometimes it's easy because you're thinking about uh, obviously we, we work at a church. So you're thinking about the grace that God shows us, the grace that Jesus uh, offers us. And there's the, some of those moments when it's like, that's what we need to do right now. But the right. reality was for, for Luke, there would be times when our we'd have a full team meeting. And um, so we have musicians, we have production people and we're all together and you know those conversations just get heated you know it's 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 like two different languages that that people are speaking and there'd be moments when when luke would just be kind of toe-to-toe in like a verbal sparring match Mm. right and uh, i mean luke is a passionate guy we all are but there are moments when it was like there's a little bit more of an edge and we would you know after the meeting i'd go in luke's office and there'd be i remember one time specifically I was kind of at the end of my rope and I'm looking at Luke. I'm like, what is going on? I wasn't yelling. Mm. And he was just like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. And it was this, this wow. clear moment of none of us know what we're doing when it comes to how do we, how do we get through this? How do we find health? How do we, but it was just sense of, okay, we're going to figure this out. Like we, what we sure, need sure. to do is let's do the right thing right now. And then we'll, we'll, we'll take the next step the next day. But at the end, of, what, what I want to add to that, though, is I think most likely, I, I don't know, it, I can only speak from our experience, but most likely people that are, that are depressed, that are going into work, it's not like they've lost their complete character. It's not like they've lost their complete integrity. Luke was still the person he was. He was just depressed. So that wasn't right. like he was completely inept. It wasn't like he had no work ethic. He was just struggling. So you, when you know someone well enough, there's just an easier, you, when you have a long track record, there, it's easier to tap into that grace to say, uh, this is still Luke, even though he's depressed. And I believe right, that right. we're going to get through it to the other side. Right, right. There's a um, worship pastor 
friend of mine and um, he's writing a book now and in one of the chapters of his book he talks about um, depression and it being prevalent you know with worship ministry and one of the things he said that worked for him was uh, the three C's Christ through community and counseling mm, and that's good. yeah I was just like you know it's definitely more prevalent than not yeah um, and it's something that that should be addressed uh, because there is help for it you know absolutely and just because we're in ministry it doesn't make us exempt to life you know yeah I, I wish I wish there was a way for more pastors and worship pastors to be able to communicate to one another hey my church service uh, stunk this week mm-hmm. or I was so frustrated <laughs> right, right, right. with or you know just right. to get it out there because I feel I feel like we what we present is our church is on fire every every weekend we're just it's hotter than the last weekend more people got baptized blah 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 <laughs> uh, but right. the reality is Luke and I come off the stage yesterday and it was just it was one of those just down weeks it's so cold here it's snowing there's been snow on the ground for like 50 mm. days in a row and I'm not kidding and so there's just this general just <laughs> like everything just seemed flat somber yeah. yes and yeah, yeah, yeah. You can get in your you mind. You sure we weren't at the same church? Okay, yeah. thank you. <laughs> hang on, hang on. Did you did you have snow though? Are you sure you didn't yes. have snow? We oh. didn't have no, no. Okay. Well, no, we didn't. I know have what snow they're. I know what had... they're talking about when they talk about snow. I know. I know snow. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, there's just that you walk away, and there's moments like that. I was looking forward to Sunday for sure, and then you walk yeah. away, and you're like, that was underwhelming. Yeah. And, and maybe what yeah. you're talking about, Aisha, as far as that worship pastor saying, it's just it can get in your head so quickly and so easily. Sure. And then sure. the other element that I think is tough for anyone that works. I don't know. I, I've worked at a church for a long time, so I can only speak from my experience. But I think it's difficult to find community when you are on staff at a church because mm-hmm. you only feel like you can be so honest about mm-hmm. what's going on in life because you sure, would be sure. sharing details about the church that these people are attending. Yeah. Right. You know, and I'm not even saying stuff that's really dark and bad. I just mean like, uh, yeah, things are a little funky uh, in the staff right now. Yeah. Uh, And you just don't want to tell the average churchgoer that, Mm -hmm. or you don't want to say, I'm not happy with my boss right now. Um, Well, it's like, that's the the senior pastor. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It can be really difficult for people to actually know who you are. That's a challenge. Right. Yeah. That's mm. so good. Mm. Yeah. But I, Luke was, I was so impressed with Luke. I don't know if you, because there's, there's more to Luke's story, but he was so committed uh, to being open, to being vulnerable and pursuing counseling. And Luke, I don't want to force your hand here, but you, mm. you speak really openly about you were also, you got on medication pretty early on, right? Yeah. And when I got onto medication, I, I feel like that was the turning point in the story because all of the physical aspects of this anxiety and this depression like leveled out. And so that was like 50% of this like oppression on my brain and my body that was just all of a sudden like just leveled out. So that that was pretty crazy. Like I remember the first week that I did that, I was like, oh my gosh, like I feel like a normal person. Um, Mm. and I was a little reluctant. Maybe it was just like my pride or um, whatever, but I was, I was a little reluctant to do it. But then I, I, again, I was at the end of my rope. Like I was, I was ready to just quit everything. You know what I mean? Um, I was hanging on by a thread. And so I was like, okay, I will do whatever. And so I started that and that partnered with counseling and, uh, just my team here. Uh, is the thing that kind of dug me out of this hole. Mm-hmm. Did you, I, I know of people, um, you know, I, I like personally that have had issues, uh, depression or anxiety or some kind of um, mental instability and they've gone on meds and then they thought, you know what, the meds are working and they're great. I can go off the meds now. Mm. 
um, and and then they go back to what they were before because they they haven't dealt with anything. The meds were uh, almost masking oh, yeah. masking mm. what the issue is. So oh, yeah, sure, for sure. So for you, Luke, I mean, Just putting a bandaid on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So so and, yeah. and I'm not saying meds are a bad thing because obviously there's a time and a place for medication in in situations, Absolutely. but it's not necessarily the solution either. It's it's it, it can help, but I don't think it's the you know number one solution that's all you have to do and you'll be set for life type thing so yeah. well you'll mm-hmm. just be on medication for life yeah exactly so yeah. what did you do luke as far as dealing with the root cause like uh, to me that would seem an obvious thing where okay um i've had something happen in my life i don't necessarily even know what it is but i'm i'm not feeling myself i'm yeah. going to counseling i'm on medication now but you know what about the root cause what what caused this in the first place and how can i you know, eliminate that from my life so that I can get to a point where I was before? Yeah, it's a great question. I feel like, like I said, the uh, medication was like took care of a lot of physical stuff. It was kind of, yeah, kind of felt like a Band-Aid. And then I feel like therapy was like the surgical stuff. Therapy was Mm. the stuff where they had to like, like we got into the like infection into the like the tumor of depression and we just started yeah yeah tearing that thing out um that's awesome well yeah and that's i feel like therapy was so hard for me um because i've just always really cared what people thought about me and so getting that honest and getting that vulnerable and um just like laid open like that was really hard for me and it took years like I was I did this for a year and a half two years Mm. but yeah that that felt like the surgery to me and to think about a cause like I don't that's what's tough about depression sometimes it's like I don't really know what the cause was because my story is it was just this steady drift um, into Mm -hmm. a darker world Um, but it just feels like you're in a cloud that you just really can't get out of, you know? And so mm-hmm. even when you're like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to start working out and eating healthy and, you know, uh, reading my Bible and praying and getting in a small group and working hard. Like <laughs> no, now I'm just overworked and tired and depressed, <laughs> you know? And <laughs> right, so like right, right, right. trying to do all of the right things didn't really sure. work for me, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, like I said, the, the, the physical nature was kind of taken care of by the medication and then all of the surgical stuff uh, we took care of in, in therapy. So after, awesome. after two years now, what, what changes have you seen in your life? Are, there, are you doing things differently? Have you eliminated certain things that you were doing before that contributed to the depression? Uh, like what's different now than, than, say, two, three years ago? Um, it's funny. I'm doing like the opposite. Um, I'm not. I haven't eliminated anything. That's, that's what I'm George Costanza did in fr- in uh, in uh, Seinfeld. <laughs> he did everything. He did everything opposite, and so that's how he will. He was able to score the girl because it didn't work. Yeah, doing, exactly. You know. So <laughs> no, it's funny. George Costanza. Yes, it's his funny. role model. I yeah. haven't eliminated anything. I'm actually just like, I feel like I'm living my life again mm. because when I was feeling this dark, it's like I I wasn't doing. Every, everything was eliminated from my life when I was feeling this way. It's not like I was going down this path and like just abusing substances and, you know, just neglecting my wife and my family. And it's like I was just really depressed, you know. And so with that, it comes like I didn't have fun. I didn't smile. The things that I love the most about in life, I just didn't want to I didn't want anything to do with them. Like I love to write music and I love to just play guitar and I love to go out to eat and uh, just, you know, walk around a city and whatever. And I had no interest in anything. And then so what's different now is like I love life again. Yeah. So like I'm instead of like eliminating things, I'm just adding things like I can I have more capacity for people Mm -hmm. again. Like I have. There you go. You know, like I have more capacity for ministry and for um, my family and for my team. And so obviously, like I'm doing things to stay healthy. Like 
I have, right. you know, tools in place to like acknowledge when I may be feeling that way again. Like, right. um, just like red flags. It's like, oh, okay. I, I felt that before and we're not going back there. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's go ahead and turn right. the ship around real quick. Um, Mm-hmm. But yeah, so now I just feel like I can laugh again and yeah. I can um, just breathe, just yeah. have a deep breath and just wake yeah. up every day and just be excited to be a dad and a, and a husband. And um, yeah, so that, that's kind of a long that's answer. That's great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are you able to use your story um, in ministry? now yeah it's a great question i spent a lot of time doing student ministry when i uh-huh. uh over the last seven years that i've been here and it's funny but i i am so thankful that i've gone through this because sure. now i can sit across a, a table from you know some 18 year old kid who's going through this and be like dude i know that right. pain right right and i can sit there and give a perspective it's like dude this is a dark tunnel but this is just a tunnel yeah right like there's a light on the other side it might be like miles away it might be two years away but this is just a tunnel dude and what you have to do is just keep walking that way and so i think i yeah i am thankful that i've gone through this because i can um speak on this to someone going through it in a in Mm -hmm. a different way it, it doesn't make it better than, you know, somebody who hasn't, but it's like, it's just, you know, when you can relate to somebody, walls start to come down a little faster. Mm-hmm. And, For sure. um, I think that, um, I've definitely been able to use this in, in my ministry. And I mean, in the songs that I write and in yeah. the way that I lead worship, like I've experienced the darkness and I've also experienced like the blinding light of Jesus that, that yes. rescues you and um, can pull you out of that. And so that's just huge. And Mm -hmm. um, I'm like I said, it's weird to say, but I'm thankful for it. Now, not in in an attempt to impress your boss or anything like that, but um, do you think (laughs) impossible, (laughs) impossible? (laughs) Do you think think maybe uh, part of this could be attributed to the fact that you were working too hard and you just didn't have time for the fun things that kind of brought you down because you weren't doing those fun things uh maybe i was working a lot like that the last over the last three four years i've been um my just my job has changed and i'm not like doing as much um but i was i was here you know sunday monday tuesday wednesday thursday and like every night of that week you know like and then on the weekends you were also adding uh leading worship for other churches yeah and teaching guitar yeah and so i was i was working way too much and so i definitely think the exhaustion Hmm. that comes with that uh, it doesn't help anything like especially in a fragile state like that um and i think there there was part of me that was just like trying to prove something to myself like why are you going and playing at all these churches like why are you going (laughs) are you driving down to denver and doing this why are you like, why do you have 15 guitar students right now? Like, what are you doing? And yeah. um, it's, it's yeah. a two-edged sword, though, because in For our sure. conversations, Luke, you, you've mentioned that having the productivity of work and, you know, what we feel is that that high calling of working at a church and, and doing ministry helps, right? You're not just sitting right. at home dwelling. That was when it was the worst. Yes. But mm. yeah, exactly. You'd say so. At a lot of churches in, in here at Rocky, we take Fridays and Saturdays off. So mm-hmm. Fridays, I remember you telling me uh, your wife Sydney would would go to work. You'd be home alone all day mm-hmm. Friday, and that, those were the darkest days. So mm. it's that it's that two edged sword. Isolation, that work, yeah. Yes, that work can give you purpose and give you that sense of I'm accomplishing things and all that. But then overwork contributes. To the exhaustion yes. and the depression. Yes, totally. But then if and you're sitting at home doing nothing, maybe you should have been doing something. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like when you're depressed, you just can't. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. So do you find now that you block time off for certain things, whether, you know, I've heard, you know, people with depression, um, whether they're on meds or not, uh, will find that it's good to work out. And so they'll try to work out X amount of time each day or something like that, or they'll want to get out for some fresh air or they'll they'll want to, you know, establish a date night with their wife and, and make it more consistent versus just once in a while. Like, have you done yeah. something in your schedule now in your calendar where you say, OK, I'm blocking off this time. This is the time. I'm, I'm not working on church stuff. I'm not working on job stuff. Right, right. This is the time I'm, <clears throat> this is me time, but to do what I want to do and, and not sit around twiddling your thumbs doing nothing and I'm bored, but actually doing something. Totally. Um, yeah, so I kind of mentioned earlier, I have a six-month-old son at home. It's like I'm a dad now. Oh, so nice. I have a six-month-old at home. So that's <laughs> that's been crazy. Um, That'll definitely keep you busy. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. But yes. what, what's been cool is... When I get home, there's a mental shift now where I'm just sure. so home, you know, like I'm not thinking about the worship set. I'm not thinking right. about um, that meeting I have tomorrow or like when I get home, I am like there with my family. And so Good. that's that's been a cool shift um, Yeah, because I, I do love what I do and I'm kind of obsessed with what I do. And so... Mm-hmm. Um, that's a thing. But now when I get home, I'm like, you said me time. And right now it's more like we time because. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I understand that. And, but now what I do is like when, um, like my wife and my son go to bed, like I'll either, um, go work out or I will like write songs or cause I do need that time like by myself. Um, so absolutely pretty much programmed into every day now I'm taking time to work on just my physical health and my mental health and Mm -hmm, uh, the health of my mm -hmm. family. And so it just, life feels more important now, um, in a, just in a weird way. Like now that I have this little baby and uh, like, I'm just trying to figure out dad life and all of that. (laughs) And so, yeah, I, I, I am putting things in place in my life now to take to just like baseline. It's more like maintenance. You know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not trying to like, revamp this whole system of my life i'm just trying to maintain things now it's more of that like proactive instead of reactive uh mm-hmm. idea when it comes Management. to physical yeah physical and mental health mm-hmm. yeah i think time management has a lot to play and and having a conscious effort in deciding what you do with that time and especially if you're like a workaholic, like I, I love my job. I really do. Very often, you know, uh, 10 minutes before closing time, 10 minutes before I'm done, I'll think, oh, I, I probably have enough time to do this, 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 and this. Mm-hmm. And it'll only take me an extra 15, 20 minutes. Um, so, I'll, you know, I'll leave 15, 20 minutes late from work or whatever. And sometimes, mm-hmm. sometimes I will do it just because I, I like doing it and I don't have anything on the go when I get home. But other times it'd be like, you know what? No, I'm not going to do that because I want to get yeah. out on time because I want to have that me time or I want to have that family time or whatever else I've got on the go. Um, mm-hmm. I just want to be structured. Not that I'm, you know, it's more, I guess, putting a line in the sand where I don't yes. I don't want to go to the extreme because I could easily stay at work another two, three hours. Yeah, absolutely. I'm <laughs> and, the same way. And I, and I wouldn't feel bad about it. I'd, I'd be exhausted, but I wouldn't feel bad about it. And I'd feel like I accomplished something. But at the end yeah, of the day, is it sure. worth it? You know, mentally, is right. it worth it for me? Is it worth my um, my character? Because I'm 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 going to be a different person when I come home. Now I'm going I'm I'm not going to be happy, um, even though I'm happy. I accomplished what I accomplished. I'm not going to be happy because now I'm grumpy and I'm tired. And yeah, I, mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. I'm having regrets. Now I'm wishing I didn't stay late. You know, right, right, for sure. So I guess for you, it's uh, the structure. Uh, you know, putting that line in the sand as far as family, not spending as many hours at the church. And like you say, with the uh, guitar students and leading worship in other churches and stuff, I guess that scaled down a bit for you? Uh, yeah, to almost nothing. Um, I think there were a lot of people in your life saying, you need to stop that. You need to stop. Have you stopped it? Yeah, yeah. you haven't. OK, you need to stop it You, need, yeah. you know, over yeah. and over and over again. Yeah. And I've. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, that was one of the things that we in like towards the end of our time in counseling my counselor was like dude you're not like why are you grinding so hard like you were established you Mm. have a family like you have a great job like what are you doing 
Um, so that was really helpful. And, and now that I have that more time, like I feel like I've added in more valuable things. Like now, now I'm not gone for, you know, every night of the week and right, right. And one day or in all day Sunday. And then I have like one day with my wife and you know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. I feel like there's Mm -hmm. just more meaningful stuff in my life instead of this just grind and like trying to like prove myself and be everywhere all the time, mm-hmm. you know. All things to all people. Listen, yeah. at let, all times. Leave that yeah. up to leave that up to God. Yeah, that's really good. <laughs> you know, I, I, leave it, that it to makes him. me absolutely. It, you know, it makes me think too. Just with with anyone listening, even if they uh, aren't suffering from a, a deep depression, I think how we choose our time when we have some free time, when we yeah. have any time that we could, we could say, this is me time. What, what choices are we going to make with that time? Cause I know for mm-hmm. me, uh, often if I have a, so I, I have a bunch of kids and they're starting to get older and it feels like life is just getting faster and faster and faster and more. Hey, you said a bunch. How many? We have four. Okay. So we, we have four girls. That's the same sister. as you, Aisha. I know. Is it really? <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. So, do you think it's a bunch? Yes. Okay, <laughs> good. Okay, of course. Course. <laughs> I don't know if you're like, oh, that's nothing. Um, <laughs> but if I have any free time, the most easy thing for me to do is grab my phone and just try to like entertain myself, either catching up on social media, whatever. It's the typical thing. Mm-hmm. But I know that when I'm finished with that, I am. I'm usually grumpier. I'm, I don't feel rested. I don't feel like there's any life giving. It, it's just none of that. Yeah. All mm-hmm. I was doing in reality, the more and more I can be tuned into this, all I was doing was distracting myself. I was just escaping right. whatever, you know, situation I was finding myself in, whether it was the house was just so crazy loud or I'm stressed out from work. I just escaped for a minute and then I'm sure. right back where I was. Yeah. But if there, <laughs> if there are moments when I can go for a walk, um, listen to you know a, a podcast uh, you know or you know something that's that feels like I'm educating myself or even yes. just take time in the morning drink a cup of coffee and look out the window and just think and allow myself a chance to wake up all those things it doesn't even take that much time but I feel like I've gotten some life back yeah that's mm-hmm. good so what are we choosing to put in those spaces and I think with Luke you're you're at a, a, a spot right now that you can choose to do things that really do bring life that bring joy you're playing your guitar more at home yeah, yeah. you're posting more videos on instagram of you just like learning something new and leon's sitting right next to you and the you know the, the yeah, baby yeah. bouncer and you're playing music and i'm seeing things in you that you're doing now that you used to do yeah but now you're filling your time with those things and i think you come back on a monday maybe you're more refreshed because mm-hmm. that's the time you spend mm-hmm. absolutely yeah i've i've realized that um like last year for me, um, mentally, uh, where it came to ministry and and just doing life, I started to get burnt out. Mm, and yeah. at the very end of the year, I'm like, God, something's something's gotta change. Like something has to happen. And I heard the Holy Spirit just as clear as day say, "Try this." And what he gave me, I've, I've been working it ever since the end of the year. And I want to share it with you guys. I mean, mm, yeah. Yes, please. It's, it's, it's just a tool and it's all about prioritizing and the development of ourselves doing this kingdom work, you know? Mm. Um, and I think it's healthy to have these sorts of conversations and mm-hmm. community. We were talking about it earlier. It's so important. And it's, you guys don't feel like you're the only ones that have experienced these things. Right. Mm. So many all over the place have experienced and are experiencing these things. And so, um, God has given us every single thing that we need pertaining to mm. life and godliness. And so mm. um, I absolutely want to share what he gave me um, with you guys because it's helping me and mm. it could surely help someone else. And can well, I well. add to that, Aisha? Yeah. No. <laughs> Would you say no? <laughs> I said no. no. You got to learn to Tell say me. no. 
everybody, everybody wants your time. Everybody yeah. needs you. And because just because you're it's good true. at doing something doesn't mean you should be doing something. Right. right? And there's right. so many people that will just, you know, because you're really good at it. Um, and they'll drain you. And they'll drain mm-hmm. you. And sometimes you just have to yeah. say no. And that's that's been a hard lesson for me over the years where it's just like, sure. yeah, you know what? I'm not going to get sucked into that. I, I've been saying no, no to Nick a lot lately. <laughs> <laughs> so it Nick, hurts my feelings. Nick, yeah. what's your reaction when you're getting a lot more no's now? <laughs> well, one, he is totally lying right now. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, yeah, but so I don't know. I don't know how to respond to that. However, I do. I man, I pre- I feel like I'm surrounded by a lot of people that are high capacity that do struggle with that. They they don't know how to say no, and so I happen to be Luke's boss. I don't know if that was this clear earlier, but you ha- you do have to be sensitive to to that reality with your sure. your staff or the people you're working with. And a lot of times, you, you I think you have to ask a lot of questions and say, "Hey, I really want us to finish these mixes on these new singles. Hopefully by mm-hmm. next week, is that possible?" Luke will almost always say, "Yeah, oh, totally." And I have to follow up with. But, you know, are you sure? Like, what What about this? You know, like, look, look at all the dominoes and that need, need to that need to fall in order for that to, to happen. I'm not saying micromanage him, but give right, him permission right. to be able to say, you know what? Actually, we might need to adjust that. Yeah. And uh, I do think that's an important thing. Yes, we need to learn how to say no. But if we're leading anyone, we also need to be able to make sure that whatever we're asking them to do, is it reasonable? And uh, right. you might need to adjust a couple of other expectations in order for those higher priorities to happen. Yeah, because y- you have to understand what else is on their plate, right? And mm-hmm. and so, again, what you're talking about is prioritizing there where, okay, you've got this other stuff you're working on, but we really need to do this. So let's yeah. push that other stuff off to the side. That's not as important right now. Uh, let's mm-hmm. just leave that a few weeks. It doesn't matter if it doesn't happen now. Let's work on this other mm-hmm. stuff. And at least they feel they buy into it now because they don't feel overwhelmed where it's like, okay, I'm trying to do all this, but now you want me to do this as well. And that's, yes. that's way too much. And now I'm going to be living at work. I'm going to be living my work all the time and getting into that point where it's just beyond, you know, beyond getting back from, you know? Yeah. Especially right. if it's, con- if, if we're talking about content creation, it, we're, 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 if we're talking about, you know, uh, projects that are, something does not exist and we're going to create something, whether it's a song or a video idea, whatever you go down the list that, you can't just force that to happen. We're not just stamping paperwork no. and pushing it across our desk. Especially, right. you've so that's got a whole right, different. Right. Well, and you've got your regular daily responsibilities you're already doing. So this is now something new that you're adding on to that. Absolutely, yeah. and and mm-hmm. that's that's I guess where a lot of you know people don't realize that it's great to take on new projects, but does that going to increase your hours of work now? Yes. Uh, where if you're if you're already tapped out and you're maximizing, you're already maxed out as far as hours at work, then maybe there's something else you shouldn't be doing or something you should yes. be, you know, uh, giving off to somebody else to do for you. Yep. It makes me think of Bob Goff, that famous quote. Doesn't he commit to he quits something like every Tuesday <laughs> or something amazing. like that? Oh, wow. Because he, he adds so much to his plate all the time. He's saying yes to so many things. So one of his disciplines is he chooses something to give up like every like once a week. Wow. That's awesome. Well, that's crazy. There you go. <laughs> Guys, uh, what a great conversation. I really enjoyed hearing all I the different agree. perspectives and uh, and whatnot. This has been uh, very refreshing, and I think it's a message mm. and a, something that people need to hear, uh, especially Absolutely. with all the changes that's happening. And we're coming out of a pandemic. We're coming out of uh, people that have, you know, were forced to work from home and now they're working from home and now they're being, being brought back into the office and the employer's yes. expectations are changing. The employees' expectations are changing as far as what their role is in the company. Um, and, and so there's a lot of change happening. And with that change could potentially be a lot of extra work that mm-hmm. they're not used to doing and that could cause, you know, issues like, you know, like Luke that you've experienced and, and other people have experienced just like you. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. This is prime time to get help. You know, things might start yes. feeling more and more normal. Um, this is prime time. Don't don't just uh, go along with that temptation and say, OK, now things are back to normal. We can just ignore this and keep going. Now is prime time mm-hmm. yeah. to get things healthy. Yeah. That's, That's right. good. 
Well, guys, thank you so much for uh, for chatting. Absolutely. For I sure. really appreciate it. Fun yeah, conversation thanks, with you guys. What a great conversation with those guys, man. It was just informative and um, and enlightening and hopeful. And um, kind of all at the same time. Down to earth, really. Yeah. 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 Just the reality. And life happens to all of us, doesn't it? Yeah. If you want to find out more about these guys and, and their ministry and what's going on with them, check them out at their website, rocky.church. And check out their latest single, Where You Are. It focuses on the importance of cutting out everything that tends to distract us from pursuing God, kind of relating to the end part of our discussion with them anyways. Mm-hmm. And today we've got artist advice from a very talented young lady, Miss Doe Jones. You have to keep going. Don't let life steal your song. Don't let life steal your worship. Um, if life and the enemy can get you to close your mouth and you lose your power, um, there's there's power in partnering with God and saying, I am going to continue on this journey because you are doing something, sometimes things that I can't even see or understand. But I have the faith that you're in this and that you're not only making great impact in me, God, but you're going to impact the masses with what you do in me. So just keep going. Stay in it. Stay in the fight. That's great. It's just what we were talking about. With I was just going to say it so ties in with our discussion <laughs> with Luke and Nick. Um, just mm-hmm. bang on, bang on what she has to say there. Well, there's the music. So obviously it's time for us to go. Really enjoyed our conversation with Luke and Nick from Rocky Indeed. Worship. And appreciate Doe Jones swinging by again with that advice, just tying everything together for us. Good times. What's the... what's um. Aisha's expression that she always says. Um, cool beans. Cool beans. Cool beans. <laughs> cool beans. <laughs> Catch you on the flip side. Cool beans. Thanks for listening to Faith Strong Today's Between the Grooves podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, would you consider sharing it with your friends, rating our podcast, or giving us some love on your socials to your amazing friends and followers will only help us reach more people. We'd also love to hear from you and share your feedback in an upcoming episode. Send your video or written message to Aisha and James on Facebook and Twitter at Between Grooves or email us anytime. Hello at faithstrongtoday.com. 